So this morning I wanted to try to uh, do things just a bit differently. Beginning a, a series, a two-week series for the next uh, two weeks on trusting God. And I've been, especially myself, drawn to Psalm 40. Uh, my own, some of the stuff that I've been worked through, um, realizing that we trust God for a lot. Uh, Tracy and I, as you know, for years we've been trying to adopt a child and we are still in the process of waiting. Uh, we've been talking with an agency about talking with another agency in Burundi, which is a country in Africa, and we are waiting and we are trusting God and waiting. And as many of you who have been a part of this church for a while, you know that uh, last year Tracy had her final surgery and was declared free of cancer, my wife. Uh, for those of you who are just visiting, maybe that's, that's new to you. And so for the last year, I've been working through um, trusting God, uh, trusting God that she is healed, trusting him that she is fine, um, and not worrying about, um, about her health or even the health of our family now as I think about just the uh, mortality that we have, even for my own sons. Also, too, about uh, working through trusting God for ministry, for um, leading this church family, for being led by you in this church family, asking and relying on the Lord God for help. See, the thing is, life is bigger than us. There's things that happen that are out of our control, things that happen that surprise us, that we wish we could change. But I'm grateful that things are not out of God's control, out of the Lord's control. And they remind us that we rely on the Lord. I suspect some of you can relate to this. <laughs> it's part of life. Things that come, that, that challenge us, that maybe make us afraid, that are out of our control. Maybe it's your health, things that you are working through, things that are difficult, that maybe as you're getting older, things that you used to do easily now are harder, um, or they hurt more. <laughs> Or maybe there's things that are just happening in your health. Or maybe you're recovering. Maybe you know what it's like to have cancer or cancer in your family, and you are recovering from that. You're learning to trust. Or maybe things that are happening in your families. I know some of you, you have parents who are aging and trying to work out how to care for them. Or maybe things uh, with your spouse. Maybe your spouse and, and their health are concerns for you. Most of us, uh, we worry about our kids, the choices that they're making and choices that we wish they'd make but they're not making. Some of you, many of you even have grandkids, you know, things, just all these different lives that mean so much to us. We were talking uh, yesterday at the men's breakfast, even livelihood, even our jobs, it can be places of anxiety or worry about how we're going to work it out or how we're going to get through Maybe it raises the question for us of how do we navigate this? How do we, how do we live with this? How do we trust God in this? How do we trust God faithfully? Well, I'm grateful for the Word of God, for Scripture. It is so rich, so rich with encouraging us and showing us how we trust in the Lord. This morning we're going to be reading from Psalm 40. And... Uh, the Psalms are the poems of Israel. They are the poems of the people of God. And they are rich. They are deep. Uh, there's so much theological uh, importance that we can gather from them, but also so many important things just for our lives. They speak to so many parts of our lives, to sorrow, to joy, to worship, to trusting God. 
And I love thing, the one of the things I love too about the Psalms is just how, how honestly they speak. They are unedited. <laughs> they are words just written down on the page. You can read some of them and you think, man, can you really say that? <laughs> is a believer of God or a follower of God supposed to, to be afraid or to be worried or to be so angry? <laughs> the Psalms are so real. And so this morning I wanted to read with you Psalm 40. And, and I don't have it uh, in an um, insert for, for the bulletin, but if you'd like to, if you'd like to open a Bible to Psalm 40, or if you'd like to just listen to it, um, that's, that's a good uh, option as well. Listen to Psalm 40 again. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed are those who make the Lord their trust, who don't look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell you tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide, my, hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me, for troubles without numbers surround me. My sins have overtaken me, I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, Aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, The Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Powerful words when we go through difficult things. Trusting God um, begins with looking back. As you read through this psalm, you'll notice in the beginning, um, begins talking about the great things that God has done. It begins with looking at God's track record. Just look at these first few verses with me. Am I right in the middle? Is that okay? Can you guys read it okay? Okay. So the psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. We begin with God's track record because of who God is. That God deserves our praise. The Lord has done amazing things throughout human history. Jesus is a great example, the greatest example, that he sent his own son, that he would die for us, that he would 
sacrifice himself, die on a cross, and then rise again that we might have life, that we, we might be reconciled and forgiven and given hope and life eternal. This amazing thing that God has done, let alone the things that he's done throughout human history, miraculous things. But it's also good for us to recount because of who God is in our lives, the things that God has done, his faithfulness, the times he has seen us through difficult things. Many of us can think back to difficult things, to hard things, to things that we were worried or heartbroken, and yet God walked with us. God saw us through it. It's good to remember these. Not only does God deserve our praise, but these things are true, to speak the truth about who God is. But it's also too good to recount uh, who God is because of who we are. As great as God is, we have short-term memories, or at least I do. When I'm in the middle of trouble, when things are difficult for me, it's hard for me to remember all the times that God has been faithful and seen me through. It's hard for me. It's this thing, I think many of us have this same uh, trouble. And we become afraid. We become afraid of what we don't know, the things that are coming that might surprise us. We become afraid of things that, are, that we can't control, that we can't make them work out the way we want them to. So it's good for us. One of the things that, as I've talked about already, that's been uh, difficult for me is, is resting and trusting in Tracy's health, the, my wife's health, the fact that she had cancer a year ago and now she's cancer-free. I've been working through that for the last year, trusting, uh, trusting God that she is healthy and good. And so I need to keep going back on God's track record because when I start worrying about things that I don't know or things that I can't control... It's not very helpful for me. So we have to keep recalling God's good work because of who we are. And then we choose to trust him. If you look in the text here, it says, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. As I was reading that this morning, actually yesterday, I was thinking about this some and and realizing that it says many will see and fear. It states it almost like it's just the way things are. That there are things that come up in life and we, we worry. Things that happen. News that we get about our kids or about our parents or about our job or about our health. And we worry. It's natural to be afraid. If you're afraid about things when things don't seem to be going right, it's okay, it's natural. It means you're human. But it says, and then I put their trust in the Lord. Many will see and fear and then choose to put their trust in the Lord. This is a choice that we often make. Sometimes we feel trusting. We, we see like God has just done something amazing, even miraculous, and we've seen God come through and trust. We just, it comes naturally for us. I, go, I, want, I, I don't even have to choose it. It's just coming out of me. But then there are other times when our fear outweighs our trust. And trusting seems so difficult and so distant. Yet we still choose to trust. We choose to trust the Lord. A choice that we make. 
So it's good for us to begin with God's track record, to recount his faithfulness of who he is because of who we are, and then choose to trust. But then it's also good for us to recount our faithfulness, our track record. You don't have to read this whole text, but um, that we remind ourselves. This psalmist says, I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I did not did not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. The psalmist is saying, Lord, I've taken the things that you've done, the things that you've said, and I've told others about it. I didn't bottle it up in me and let others guess. I shared it. And I was just thinking about how, Judy, you were just praying for, for Linda. And Linda, your sharing of what's been going on with you these last few weeks and some of the tests you had. And, and you've been proclaiming uh, your faith, that you're trusting God. And though I can imagine it was scary, as you were wondering, like, what does this mean? As doctors are concerned, you can see their faces, and they, so we have to send it out for tests, and we'll wait to get it back. But it's good to proclaim it, to share with the church, with the rest of the church, what God has been doing or the good things that he has done. That's why it's good for me to share with you that, that Tracy is healed. She's healed. She is cured of cancer. God has done amazing things. And I can, if you ask me later, I'd love to tell you some of the ways that God has been at work in me and the things that he has shown me in this. That God has done great things. It's good for us to proclaim those and to remind ourselves that we have done that. See, the point is it's good to honor God, to to give praise to God when he has come through for us. So often I think we live life asking, Lord, please help, Lord, please help. And then it's almost like we have so many things that we're concerned about or worried about that when God does come through, we say thank you, and then back to our list of Lord, please help, Lord, please help. That it's good for us to honor God, to declare to others, to, to tell others, to share with others of what God has done to give him thanks, to give him honor for them, to give him glory for them. Not only is it good for our relationship with the Lord, but it's also good for others. You don't have to raise your hands or anything like that, but how many of you here are going through something difficult right now? Or how many of you have been going through something difficult recently? And we don't know this, but how many of you will go through something difficult starting tomorrow? We don't know. It's good for us to share God's faithfulness, to tell others, to proclaim it to others, his righteousness, his justice, his mercy, his help, to encourage others. Not only that, but it also gives us a track record of proclaiming it. It's good for us to proclaim God's goodness. And we can look back and say, you know, Lord, when you did these amazing things, I proclaimed your goodness. Not that it's, we somehow earn our place, but, but that is good for us to do that. We've been faithful as well. And as good as it is for us to be faithful, the point is it begins with our heart. He says, I will desire God's will, oh my God. For us to desire to do what God wants us to do, what the Lord is calling us to do. To desire his will even above our own. I think of Jesus in the garden just before he was crucified. 
and he's praying, and he's praying so hard that he's sweating blood, that he's actually bleeding. And he says, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Lord, if there's, Father, if there's any way to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Jesus is this amazing picture, not just that moment, but his whole life of doing God's will, putting God's will above his own. And that begins with a heart. We can force it or fake it for a while, but a life lived in God's will is a matter of the heart. Something that we train to do. If we're just going to wait until that time when something comes up, we think, oh, when it's really important, then I'm going to do God's will. Some of you might. (laughs) But I think it's way better if we train for it, if we practice for it. If on a daily basis we are practicing uh, spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices that train us in God's will, whether it's prayer or fasting or reading God's word or reflection or solitude, that we are daily practicing faithfulness, practicing uh, and, and, and growing our ability to follow God's will, strengthening those muscles. But it also says, too, that your law is within my heart. And actually, in, in the text, it says um, not just law as in legal, as in rules, but it says uh, Torah. It says your Torah is in my heart. And for the people of Israel, the Torah was a lot, probably similar to what we would call the Word of God. Scriptures, God's teaching for us. That we keep that in our heart. It's one of the ways that we um, grow our hearts. It's one of the ways that we strengthen our hearts, that our hearts become more faithful, is by keeping God's word in us. And we keep God's word in us by two basic ways. The ways, two ways that our brothers and sisters have been doing it for centuries. By praying and by reading God's word reading it large uh, large chunks at a time or reading one verse for a week or a month and reflecting on it. Lord, help me to hear you in this passage. Our hearts grow. We, We bring God's Torah or God's word into our heart by spending time in prayer and reading scripture. Trusting God begins by looking back. Looking back at God's track record and at our track record. The thing is, looking back is not natural for us. When we're struggling through something difficult or when something scary comes up into our lives, the first thing we do, or one of the first, uh, one of the things that we don't usually do is start recounting God's faithfulness. If anything, we often... <clears throat> Uh, fixate on the problem, or at least I do. The problems come up and I start worrying about the situation, how to fix it, how to get through it, how to handle it, what am I going to do with it. But it's interesting, the more we fixate on the problem, the, sometimes the worse it can get, or at very least the more anxious we become. I was thinking about it. Something like uh, when you are driving in a car and you see an accident or something or a, a danger in the road. 
don't know if you've ever been taught this, but they always, I was always taught that when you're, something's happening, what you do is you, you focus on the way out. Our tendency is to focus on the crisis or the wreck or the, the obstacle on the road. But I was always taught to focus on the part that's clear. Focus on that and you'll get through. So often we in, live, in our lives, difficult things come up. Bad news, horrible stories, surprises, diagnoses. They come up and we focus on the problem. We fixate on the problem rather than looking for the way through. And when we, feel, when we focus on the problem, it just leads to worry and anxiety and broken attempts to control things, to make things work out as we see fit. And none of this is good. The other thing, too, is we, um, we often jump right to prayer. And, and I mean by this um, prayer in a specific way. Because prayer is good, and I think it's good for us to pray. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray. But I would caution us about worried prayer. Or at least frantic prayer. When something goes wrong, it's... it's absolutely good it's fine to pray Lord please help me but what I want to caution you uh, because of my own experience with it is when I pray um, and I'm worried and I keep praying for the same thing over and over and I'm not really even looking for an answer I'm just saying basically I'm just saying Lord I'm afraid Lord I'm afraid Lord I'm afraid and I think it's okay for us I mean it's natural to say Lord I'm afraid but if we stop there, um, we can get stuck. And there's a difference between praying, Lord, please help, Lord, please help, Lord, please help, and Lord, I trust you, please help. Lord, you've done great things in history, please help. Lord, you've done great things in my life, you've been faithful in my life, please help. I will trust you. I, I, I hopefully I'm explaining that because I, I can feel the difference in me. There are times when I pray and I'm not trusting. I'm just worrying out loud to God. And I think he receives that. I don't think he rejects that. But that's different than the times when I say, Lord, please help, and I'm trusting him. So I said looking back is not natural for us, but it's also our best way forward. There will be big things that come in our lives. Many of you have already had big things that have happened into your lives. Something goes wrong with our health, diagnosis or a new condition. Something happens with our parents and things get more complicated. Or our kids, the choices that they make that we wish we could change. Our livelihood, jobs come and go. Even world events, things that happen in the world all over, all around us that have effect on us. And yet as I'm reading this psalm and as I'm working through my own stuff, I'm trusting in God. Learning how from this passage, from this psalm, to trust in God. And it begins, uh, surprisingly at least for me, not with, Lord, here's, here's why I'm so worried, please help. But it begins with, Lord, I remember the good things that you've done. I remember your faithfulness. And not only that, I remember my faithfulness, the times when I was trusting you and proclaiming your goodness. So it's good for us to remember God's track record. 
it's good for us to remember um, our track record as well. Yeah, so um, trusting God, looking back at his faithfulness, as we've talked about in many different ways, and I know many of you have these stories, reminds us and it helps us to predict the future, as you're saying, that God's track record is good and he is faithful, that he will be good and faithful. Uh, This week I'd like you to do uh, two things. Um, First is to read Psalm 40 a few times, or maybe just once, (laughs) hopefully a few times, and, and reflect on it a bit. Read this psalm and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to draw as much as you can from it. And then recount God's track record and his history, uh, in history but also in your life. Um, so recount what God has done in human history, amazing things that God has done, and then also too in your own life. What has God done in your life? Um, if you need to or if it's helpful to you, just write it down. If you are in this great place right now and things are rosy, everything is working out, I encourage you to still do this. It would be good. If you are in a difficult place right now, if you are worried or anxious or concerned, I invite you to do this, to recount God's track record, not only in history but also in your life. And then next week we'll talk some about how we ask God for help in our lives. I know that sometimes, and I think that's something that happens, the church... Um, people outside the church think that if you become a Christian, then everything in your life is supposed to work out afterward. And we all know that it doesn't work that way. It's not that life just becomes easy and rosy the moment we begin following Jesus. But it does become better. And it does become better in that God is with us even when we go through the most difficult things. So this morning, I wanted to bring to you Psalm 40. That if you are in a place where you need to trust when things are difficult and you're not sure how they're going to turn out, that you think back, that you look back is the best way to move forward, that you trust the Lord because he has a great track record. Amen.